Hello and welcome to this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. I'm your host, Chris Swain, here with Robbie Gallaty, the pastor of Long Hollow Baptist Church, founder and president of Replicate Ministries. Today on the podcast, we are back for our part two of 100th episode extravaganza. This is our 101th episode right here. Part two. <laughs> or, or it's part two of our 100th episode, whatever you want to call it. I like saying 101th. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's proper math. Yeah. 101th. Uh, we are here today with Pastor Robbie Gowdy, as usual, Chris Swain, myself, and then we have our guest speakers slash podcasters back in Jonathan Simon and Dylan. Just Dylan. We're not going to say his last name because Dylan is such a unique name. Dylan's enough. Dylan wow. Young. Dylan Young. He is still young too, so he can live up to it. He's he's uh he's not the youngest guy on this podcast though. No. Hello there. Not, that not would anymore. be Jonathan Simon. That's right. And that'll factor in later into our most popular podcast, by the way. So last week, as we went down the list of our top 10 podcasts, to clarify, that means these are the podcasts that have been most downloaded. In other words, we assume, we are assuming that more people are excited about these podcasts than any other because they've had more listens and downloads than any other podcast. So just a quick reminder, a quick playback, if you will, of what we went through last week. The 10th podcast, most popular podcast ever in the Replicate Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty podcast, number 10 was my number one failure as a disciple maker. No Sabbath was the quick answer on the short answer on that one. The number ninth most popular podcast was the good and bad of mass evangelism. Another great podcast. Number seven, why one-on-one discipleship is not the best strategy. I bet we got a lot of people just interested in thinking, what's he going to say here? I love one-on-one discipleship. How is he going to destroy that? It's Uh, funny because most people, I was on a, no, I was on a podcast uh, recently and one guy said, man, we're so thankful for you being on it. You're always ringing the bell for one-on-one discipleship. That's how you introduce me. I said, well, technically you may want to go listen to yeah. some things we wrote and read some books. Oops. Oops. But anyway, I didn't, I didn't say anything. My favorite is there is a, I don't know if I should say this or not. There are some ministries built around the idea of one-on-one discipleship. Yeah, I wouldn't mention the, the names, but yeah, we can't mention the name. <laughs> I just need to move right on. Please to number mention the name. Six on the list. Number six on the list. Why people aren't reading the Bible consistently. Yeah, is another strong one. And then number five. I'm sorry, that was number seven. Number six was falling away, falling away. Mm. And so we had those five podcasts are in our top ten, and now we're going to go to the best of the best, the top five podcasts ever on Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty. Number five, drum roll please. Number five, and thank you for that drum roll, gentlemen, is what my personal time with the Lord looks like. What, and we have to clarify that one, Jonathan, because it's not Chris Swain's personal time. Even though I said that, that's just the title. It was what Pastor Robbie's personal time with the Lord looks like. Yeah. A lot of people were interested in that because you talk about it all the time. Yeah. When I'm doing this, when I'm saying that, and, and people are thinking, well, what is he doing in his personal time with the Lord? And how does that impact his discipleship group? Yeah. Well, and, and you know, what's funny is personal time today may look a little different than what it was even a few months ago and even before mm. the coronavirus. Right. Because uh, things have changed. I tell you what I'm really enjoying now, and this is what's cool about the, the spiritual disciplines. You have to remember 
there are three ways that God uses, three things in our life that God uses to shape us into the image of a son, okay? Let's see if Jonathan Simon can get one. Number one, Jonathan, what is it? One way God uses to shape us into the image of a son. Uh, our experiences. Experiences. I would give you, it's close. Circumstances. I would say that. Circumstances. So losing everything in Hurricane Katrina, transferring jobs, breakup relationships, uh, financial challenges, viruses, things like that. Dylan, number two. So number one is circumstances. Number two, what does God use to shape us? I want to say people. Oh, he nailed it. I was hoping to get right. He's heard me say this before. Number two is people. God uses people. Now, we all have people in our lives. Some are good. Some are not so good. We'll leave it at that. Uh, cantankerous people, people who are negative, qu- cranky choir members, demon deacons, people who have the gift of constructive criticism. We know them all in our churches. Uh, what's the third one, Chris, which is the only one we can control? The first one, circumstances, no control. People, no, really no control. Right. Can't control people. Number three, what's the big one we can control? I'm going to say Bible engagement. Time with the Lord. That's one of the many. But what is that? What is that genre called? What is that category called? Oh wow, I, I don't know. What is the, the category? Is that would that fall under the you're, category? You're thinking of too hard. No, you think it. I know that's hard. my problem. It's a two, I always it's lose two all words. These Dylan, help me. <laughs> Dylan, our fact spiritual checker. Spiritual discipline. Spiritual discipline. Golly. Well, that is a spiritual discipline. No, that, that's why I said that's one of the this one. No, you're right. Spirit, Bible engagement. All but of them together. All but of see, them. See, yeah. the trick question there is, you said what three things? And I'm thinking that's spiritual true. discipline is like a hundred things. Nah, that's true. Yeah, it was a little confusing. Man. But I will say this: uh, it is spiritual disciplines. Now, the cool thing about spiritual disciplines is God uses all all of them to shape us into the image of his son. And we can use different ones at different seasons. The one I'm enjoying now more than ever before is silence and solitude. In fact, Dylan, I would say, I I hate to admit this uh, because we were talking about Bible engagement just recently, but I probably are more committed and disciplined to silence and solitude daily than I am to reading the Bible right now. Uh, which is saying a lot. And I would say I probably practice silence and solitude almost every day where I may miss the Bible reading, engage in the Bible. So that's, uh, that's that one. That's a, that's a good one to think about. That is a solid podcast. And that could be why it made it to number five of the all time podcast. And by the way, let's not forget record here. You know, we we're fairly competitive here at Replicate Ministries. Uh, that is one for, for uh, Jonathan, one for Dylan and zero for Chris Swain. Yeah, Number four on the podcast list, how to gain disciple-making momentum for the fall. Wow. I mean, that's a very specific podcast, if I do say so myself. <laughs> how to gain disciple-making momentum. Well, the interesting thing is when we did this, we talked about training our leaders, launching groups, uh, refocusing on um, the, the Bible reading plans, coming back from summer, um, getting people interested and focused. But the problem is, I have a sneaking suspicion it's going to be a little different this fall. I mean, I don't think we're still going to be quarantined or, uh, you know, at home uh, in the fall. But, man, what's it going to look like? I I was just thinking about when I read that title, I was like, what the way we prepared last fall may be a little different than the way we need to prepare this fall. What are some changes? Well, here's a question, too. What is the underlying question there that people – or underlying concern people are – wanting to know about with that with that podcast title what are their what are they saying to us is their Mm. dilemma anyone want to guess at that 
I would like to venture a guess at it. Since I'm going to be wrong anyway, I may as well get, out, get out of the way. You know, you can redeem I think yourself. they want to grow. They want their okay. ministry to grow that's in the part fall. Of it. Yes, that's part of it. But what are they asking? We need help with blank. Jonathan? Dylan. Getting people involved. I mean, like okay, that's part of it. Dylan, you could make this three people getting it wrong in is one it, fell is swoop. Is it better for me to give a wrong answer or no answer? <laughs> uh, probably no what answer. Okay. <laughs> uh, it is they want help with a process. That's what they're asking, mm -hmm. I think. They're saying we don't know really what we, we want to make disciples. Yeah. We know we need to make disciples, but we need some help making disciples. And I'll just give you a, uh, as we're coming up to our break, and you may address this in a moment, we, we have created the discipleship uh, or disciple making replicate network for this very thing to get you connected with like-minded uh, men and women around the country who are wanting to grow in their disciple making efforts they want to uh, learn from one another through a forum and network uh, environment, and they want to continue to learn new things. And so that's why we created this network to address that problem. Yeah, that, that's true. I, and that's the number one thing I think the challenge is, even in this time when we're recovering in a different way from a different type of situation, we still want to grow our churches this fall, I would guess. And we still would like a process that's going to be conducive to growth. And I would say, I would venture to say that God who is sovereign already knows that the process he put in place at Christ's model for us is still going to be the most effective one this fall as it is every Probably fall. So. Probably so. so that was number four. Let's move on to number three. The number three most popular podcast in disciple making with Robbie Gallaty history or making disciples with Robbie Gallaty history. The hundredth episode history. Hundredth episode history is the discipleship pathway part five. What is a D group? Wow. What is a D group? That's number a big one. Five. That number five. That's why though, because what yeah. is it? People want to know what the discipleship group is. Yeah. And so I would say what sets this ministry apart from most ministries and what sets the discipleship pathway apart when we talk about the pathway, we're talking about what Jesus did. He ministered to a congregation, the 120. He ministered to the disciples, the 12. He ministered to the masses in a few occasions, obviously. Uh, but he ministered to uh, three guys, uh, Peter, James, and John, and himself. And they became this, what we call, a discipleship group. Yeah. Um, and so that group is something that we would argue most churches don't have something like that. And so that's why a lot of times we hang our hat on that piece of the ministry, because there are a lot of great ways to address those other three pieces. Um, but the discipleship group is a critical one. And so I think a lot of people are wondering, how does our discipleship group work? Well, Jesus isn't the only one who did this, um, you know, guys through history. I wrote about this in a book called Rediscovering Discipleship. And I talk about just guys through, the his through history that have done this. One of them, we always look at Augustine as this big theologian. He's the guy who wrote, you know, systematic theological treatises, and uh, he defended the faith against Pelagian, and so we know him as that. But people don't realize he was discipled by Ambrose, and he never traveled alone. He always traveled with a group of guys that he could invest in. So in a sense, he had the first pastoral assistant Jonathan, Simon, Dylan mm -hmm. Young at this point. So uh, he traveled with people. In addition to Augustine, guess who else was big in disciple making in groups? It was Thomas Cranmer. Uh, he, he didn't formalize it, but he was big on devotional life and, you know, being a person who grows in the faith. But the big one, and we talk about this a lot, is Mr. John Wesley. 
And John Wesley was the one who created the bands, which basically was the framework for Methodism. And that's how he built the Methodist church. Now, if you study history, and I'm not going to be one to critique the Methodist church, but I will give you an observation. Uh, from 1750 to 1820, the Methodist church exploded. Uh, basically about 1810 exploded uh, in growth. They were the largest denomination in American history. One out of every, or actually, uh, yeah, one out of every three Christians would identify themselves as Methodists, which is interesting. And they outpaced the closest denomination by 20%. Now, what happened? If you study history about the turn of the century, the 19th century and down, the Methodist church started to plateau and eventually started to uh, grow at a, at a lower rate. It didn't, it didn't continually, con consistently decline until years later, but it did plateau and it didn't grow as much. And I have a sneaking suspicion that the reason the Methodist church declined is twofold. Number one is this, Wesley died. So they didn't hold to the practices of the bands and the classes as tightly as Wesley did. Wesley was meticulous. He said to be a Christian, you have to be in a worship gathering, you have to be in a life group, and you have to be in a D group, as we call it. Mm. You have to be. There was no option. You yeah. couldn't say, let me just, well, I'm a, I'm a, ha see, that's the problem, Chris. We, we think Christianity is like buying a car. Mm. Most of us. Okay. If we're going to be honest, uh, you ever bought a car before Dylan? I have very recently. Yes. Has it, has it gone kaput on you recently? Mm, maybe five Some, days in somebody, really oh, maybe somebody pulled out in front of us. Dylan bought us. a brand new vehicle or a, a well, new to him van five days no, later. No, so. we went the Tahoe route. Not, Tahoe. The, not, the, oh, not the van. Even worse. Even Don't let me in with that. I mean, it's even better, but it's even worse that you got hit. But golly, Dylan got rear ended with the Tahoe by someone five days after owning a brand new vehicle. Jonathan, have you ever bought a new day. car before? I have. I bought a Honda Civic way back in my college days. Okay. So you know what I'm talking about. Most people buy Christianity that way, right? They go to the dealership and they say, Hey, listen, I want the middle of the range car. I'll take the Maxima. Okay. Here's, I don't want the sunroof, but I definitely want power windows. I want the power locks. I'll definitely take ABS brakes and I'll take serious radio. Uh, all the extra flares. I don't need that. The Chrome package. I don't need it. Okay. That's the car I want. Most people think Christianity is that way. They think they can go to Jesus and say, listen, this security in heaven, I'll take that. Uh, assurance of salvation, I definitely want that. This discipleship thing, nope, don't want that. Uh, reading the Bible, definitely not going to take that. Obedience, that's out. And that's how they, choose, you know, life group, uh, maybe. D group, definitely not going to do that. Way too much work. I just want to do, and that's really what's happened, Chris. We have created a system of Christianity mm -hmm. where we want to know the irreducible minimums that we can follow to be a Christian. Mm -hmm. It's what sad. is the least amount we can do to get to heaven? That's a great podcast. We need to take a quick break because we're already over halftime. The content is just so good, but we'll be right back. Replicate, how to create a culture of disciple making right where you are. It's a new book coming out June 2nd, co-written by Robbie Gowdy and Chris Swain. If you go today to replicatebook.com, replicatebook.com, Dot com. You'll actually be able to pick up a couple pieces of free resource I'm pretty excited about. One of them is 100 pages of the book. We're giving away a third of the book, part one and two. That's half 
uh, one third of the content, but half of the concept. Ooh. And it's definitely worth going to grab right now in PDF form. You can have something to read right now while maybe you're stuck at home looking for something to read. In addition to that, you can grab this really cool Jesus commands poster that lists all of Jesus commands and the reference of that. It's a pretty cool thing. You can take that, have that, maybe turn that into your, uh, if you're stuck in front of your computer a lot, like I am these days, something to look at and pay attention to. And then also access to our healthy church challenge for free. You can go to replicatebook.com right now and get all that and pre-order the book if you're interested at replicatebook.com. And we're back talking about the top five podcasts on our network of all time. And by all time, we mean 100. This is episode 101, really part two of 100, but who's doing the math here? Number two, all wow. time. Number two. I'm nervous. When, dis when discipleship groups don't work. Oh, man. When discipleship groups don't work. I think, we you have came had, up with, I think you came up with that title. We, well, we had a question at one of our blueprints. We had a live blueprint at the time, and yeah. we had invited, you know, as, as usual, anybody who wants to come. Typically, when you come to a training about discipleship, my first thought is you're interested in and you agree with discipleship. But there was actually a question at the end of this two-day <laughs> training. In the Q&A time in which- Somebody paid money leaders. because they did not believe what we're doing and they the wanted to question thing this ever. Yeah. This guy said, I, I'm what you would call a hater. And I just want to hear about what fails when you do this. Yeah. <laughs> what, what failures you guys face? Tell me the, yeah, don't tell me the successes. Tell me the failures you've had. So as we kind of stumbled around uh, trying to figure out what, I mean, we've had plenty of failures. It's not like we're not saying you don't fail. Right. But it just seemed like there was an agenda there to prove somebody wrong. I don't know. And Gus got us out of that one, thankfully. Yeah. But from that, we thought, you know what? Let's go ahead and put together some of the problems we've had. Because the reality is, when you're dealing with people, you're going to have problems. So if you want to go check out that podcast, that'll really probably make you feel better about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and it will also encourage you. Well, we always have challenges. I mean, even now, I would say, we are trying to figure out how do you make disciples in this virtual world we live in. And I'll just yeah. tell you something I did as of recently. And when I told Candy this, this is hot off the press. So when I told Candy that she looked at me and said, can you do that? You know, and I thought, well, I guess I could do whatever I want to do. And technically, you know, it's my group, but she was basically what she was getting at is that's not how we do disciples. And then I responded to her and I said, baby, this is not the normal Right. Um, environment for making disciples. Sure. So what I decided to do, Chris, I know this is sacrilegious. Oh, I decided man. to meet every other week for a season. What? And I'll tell you why, because I can't take another zoom meeting. I'm just going to be honest yeah. with you. Do I you mean, have I'm zoom fatigue. Like I yeah. do. I'm I zoomed can't out. take it anymore. I'm zoomed out. So I told our guys, and I tried to move the group. So the first challenge was let's move the group from 645, 7 in the a.m. in the morning, Yeah. Um, which I'm, I'm fine with waking up that time, but I have a routine now where I work out mm -hmm. and I spend time with the Lord, and that just kind of jacks up the whole day. So sure. I tried to move the time, and nobody was uh, – two, two couldn't move, three couldn't move, and so mm -hmm. I just said, guys, here's the deal. We're going to go every other – week until we get back to meet in person. Yeah. And frankly, I did that because I just needed a break. So yeah. we, we managed that anything. forever. Yeah. Well, and the reality is even in Jesus's discipleship group, I've, I've read that he's had an issue with a, a member, at least one of the members in that group. Yeah. Peter, a few. Peter was a little, a uh, little bit of a uh, foot in mouth disease type of individual. Number one podcast of all time. 
of all time of our first 100. <laughs> and we got a special announcement after this, by the way, about our next podcast. We're changing the podcast up. Our next 100, maybe. Big announcements. But you got to hang around. Number one, drum roll, please, gentlemen. Here we go. Discipling millennials. <laughs> Oh, like the dog right there. Discipling millennials. Wow. With Was that Dylan? me? And, yeah, I wasn't even Dylan in it. And I That's the, led that, that is one. a twist. I wasn't even a part of the what number one saying? podcast we've What's ever that? done. What, what does that, that tell say you? about you? Dylan? We've been doing this wrong for 98 out of oh the 100. Golly, what happened? Now, I will say the content of that podcast, I did have a little help, hand in helping create. So I felt it like did. I was I was present. In 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 spirit, if not, he gave person. you no credit for it, but he did. He gave <laughs> no, me. No, I'm playing with Grimmy. <laughs> Dylan, give us a quick update on what that podcast was about. The, well, let's just look at the acronym real quick, Dylan. The CARE acronym. Yeah, let's see if I can even remember it. Oh boy, uh, on the spot. No, the the millennials. They're just a few things that uh, that millennials are drawn to that uh, that that they're looking for in a church and even in a person. Um, first one was just compassion. Like, is your church doing compassion initiatives? Are they doing things in the community mm. that actually show you care? Um, the A was authentic. Like, is this pastor that's up on stage? Is he the same guy on the stage as he is off the stage? Mm. Is that a problem? That. Uh, every now and then. Sometimes. I've met a few pastors in my time being your assistant. And there were a handful that it was like, wait a minute. I got on stage. It's not the same as who I was hanging out with backstage. That's true. That is true. Um, the R is just relevant. Like, is your church kind of keeping up with the times? Mm-hmm. Everybody's being forced to do that right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You're having to, you either have some kind of online service or your church is going to die right now. Yeah. Um, and then the E um, is just engaging. Like, is your church an exciting place to be? And then also like, is there something for you to be involved in when you get to the church? Is there a way for you to engage in ministry um, as a church member? Um, yeah. People want to be involved in something to change yes. the world. They want to feel like they are a part of something bigger than they are. That's what's cool about the mm-hmm. Christian narrative that we're all a part of. This is a story that Jesus started writing before creation began, and he's going to write into eternity future. And we're just a piece of the small puzzle or a small piece of the big puzzle. And uh, you got to let your people know that you, you people, you need to dream big dreams and you need to have big goals because you serve a big God. I remember years ago, uh, I have a friend who worked for Franklin Graham years ago for Samaritan's purse. And um, it was his first year there and he put together the budget and Franklin, and he was a high powered businessman that was working with Samaritan's purse, Christian businessman. And he came in and he, and Franklin said, I want you to put together your budget for the year. And uh, he said, great. He went and submitted to Franklin and Franklin said, great. Uh, it's not big enough. Now he thought it was bigger than he would even accomplish. He said, no, it's not big enough. He said, go back and rework it. So went back to his desk, reworked it again, brought it back. And he said, this is the goal we think we're going to hit this year. And he said, no, still not big enough. He said, what do you mean? He said, no, this, <laughs> this budget is two times bigger. He said, no. He said, do you think that you can hit this budget if everything works and you are hitting all the marks? Do you think you can hit the budget? The guy said, yes. He said, where's the room for God in it? Hmm. He said, did you leave room for God to work? And he said, I learned a valuable lesson that sometimes our plans fall short of God's sovereignty and God's power. So never let us underestimate what the Mm. Lord can do. The Bible says he can do exceedingly above, Chris, more than we ask or imagine according to the power 
that's at work within us to him be the glory. That's such that's a great awesome. verse. That is great. And, and just as a brief reminder, the millennial generation born in 1982 through 2004. Jesus. So we, wow. we often, at least I don't say we, I have heard pastors talk about those kids, the millennials, like they're still students yeah. in their churches. No, yeah, these are the, the 30 year olds, early 40 year olds, even some early 40 year olds and they're, some late twenties. They're the so, young families in your that's church. That's right. That's right. So they're, they're making up a, a large portion, hopefully of your church, or you may be in trouble when it comes to growth, but that was a great podcast. Um, and our, I would say that, but why would I say it when the people have spoken? Uh, but let's talk a little bit about where we're headed. We got just a couple of minutes, not long. We actually don't have a couple of minutes. This may be our longest podcast for a new record oh, today. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, we are about to make a big shift to the next four or five podcasts. We're going to cover what pastor talked about a little bit earlier, a process, a concept, an idea. We're going to give you an overview of church and ministry as a leader. And we're going to pull some of those uh, pieces of content from our book, Replicate. We want to give you some of the nuggets. We're going to give you a sneak peek is what we're going to do. A sneak peek of the book. That's right. And then after that, we are going to uh, launch into a whole new strategy with the podcast. The focus has been on very specifically discipleship. And uh, we have tried, I mean, there have been some times that we have uh, deviated a little bit, but even in those times, we try to reference it or connect to it. Uh, we're always going to talk about that on, on the podcast called Making Disciples. But one of the things we want to do is kind of pivot in how we present the content. And what pastor is going to be starting to do is more of a, uh, I, I'm going to let you describe it. I don't want to describe it incorrectly, but what are these new podcasts going to be like? Well, I would say this, I'm going to save this for the first podcast. So when we shift and we start a new season, which we'll yeah. do, Yes. Uh, I'm going to save this example, but I will say this. I learned this in one of the very first discipleship groups I had with David Platt. Mm. And we talked about how a person is discipled when they not only grow in their knowledge, but when they grow in their action. See, we're mm. trying to teach and replicate obedience-based discipleship. Now, we need to be obedient to those things we know, but we also need to know some things. And so what I'm going to do is... One of the passions I've had is to study and uncover the Jewishness of Jesus. And I've talked about this. I've written extensively about this. I love making these connections. And I've realized that most American Christians, one, do not know about these connections. Two, are unable to make these connections. Three, don't know the resources to study these connections. And so I thought, why don't we create a one-stop shop? for literally creating all of the, or, or outlining all of these different connections between the Old and New Testament mm. through our podcast. So basically, it's still discipleship. Sure. We're just not teaching you how to make disciples. We're yeah. actually going to disciple you. In That's sense. great. That's a great way to put it. We've been teaching and training what I would say are leaders and really anyone who wants to listen on how to do it. And now we are going to begin to showing you, uh, we're just going to be do doing it. And so I think it's going to actually expand those who may want to listen uh, more on that in the weeks ahead. As always, thank you for joining us for the podcast today. If you enjoyed it, text someone, let them know about it, share it with them, um, rate it, give us a good rating wherever you get your podcasts. I love saying that statement because our uh, operations guy hates it. Uh, give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts and uh, we will let you hear us next time here on the podcast.
Thank you for joining us for this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty. If you don't mind, take a moment to subscribe and share the podcast. You can find out more about disciple making, resources related to disciple making, and our customized training on our website at replicate.org.